You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the March 2021 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team. So that means we spend our days helping students choose the best coding boot camps for them. But each month, we round up all of the most interesting boot camp industry news that Jess and I read about and chatted about in our virtual Course Report office. Uh, and we share it all with you. So, Jess, what are we going to cover in March's episode? So we're going to start with one major bootcamp acquisition and then a bit of regulatory news. And then we're going to wrap up with Women's History Month by sharing several stories about how bootcamps are helping more women get into tech. We'll also talk about workforce development programs in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Plus, it's been a while since we shared some bootcamp alumni success stories, and we've got a few of those as well. And of course, we're going to wrap up with all of the new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory this March. There wasn't a whole lot of fundraising activity happening this month, but we did hear of one big acquisition. Yes, and it was an interesting acquisition at that. So Southern New Hampshire University bought Kenzie Academy, which is based in Indianapolis this March. Education Dive covered this acquisition, and I answered some questions for the article. So if you want to know my opinion, you can read the full piece. But essentially, for SNHU, this makes perfect sense, right? So many universities are partnering with boot camp providers like Trilogy and Stack Education. We call those OPMs. And with this acquisition, SNHU doesn't have to partner with one of those. They have it in-house. So yeah, makes sense for SNHU. Yeah, so it seems to make sense there, but what does Kenzie Academy actually get out of this partnership? That is a great point. Uh, and we've got Chok Oi, who is the CEO of Kenzie Academy, and he's here to answer that very question. So Chok, you heard Jess's question, why SNHU? Yeah, well, we were trying to raise our Series B last year. Uh, we were introduced to the team at SNHU, and the the conversation quickly, uh, you know, developed into more of a, a strategic discussion. And for us, you know, at Kenzie, we are mission driven and mission oriented. We we exist to serve learners in America who are underserved and underrepresented in tech, and also to give people whose jobs and opportunities were disrupted by automation, a pathway to retrain themselves into high-paying new economy jobs. So when we met with SNHU, we quickly learned how aligned our mission was with them. They serve the same same demographics at the university, uh, but at a much larger scale. And we we believe that SNHU will give us uh, the both the investment, the, the scalability to allow us to really turbocharge our mission. Uh, more than what we could do uh, as an independent entity uh, by ourselves. And, and also, um, as a nonprofit, uh, they have a much longer time horizon to do things right and to really build a program that allows us to truly cater to the demographics we, we want to serve. All right, that makes sense. So what does this mean for new applicants? Do they apply to Kenzie Academy or do they apply to SNHU? 
Kenzie will continue to operate as an independent division within SNHU. So admissions-wise, it's still directly with, with Kenzie. But the, what we're building towards is, you know, as you know, the, in, uh, we, this, the way we see the future of higher ed is that it's not a single linear, you know, four-year path. Um, uh, we see more of a uh, blend between work and you know, getting new skills and continue to grow. Uh, going back to uh, pro, uh, you know, short-term or longer-term programs to get the skills you need uh, that would then continue to enhance your career. So that that's what the benefit of Kenzie being part of SNHU offers. And because Kenzie is now part of SNHU, is there any chance for students to get university credit or even some path to a CS degree? So students will continue to apply to Kenzie. And what we're working towards is that their work will uh, count towards college credit so that they have options to, after doing Kenzie, pursue either an associate or a bachelor degree uh, or other certification programs that they can build on top of one another. And that's where, that's all the exciting development that will be coming up in the next you know, few months to the next few years. And along those same lines, is there a chance for traditional federal financial aid or Title IV funding? Absolutely. So one of our biggest challenges uh, uh, before when operating as an independent entity was how can we come up with better financing and more different financing options for our students? The ISA has been a great tool for us for the last few years, but I've always said that the ISA is not a you know end-all solve-all for every student uh, because it works well for some students, but may not work as well uh, for other students. So we've always been interested in coming up with multiple different financing options, financial aid options that will cater to different students at different points of their their lives and their careers and their needs. So with SNHU, we are already starting work on uh, adding more different financing options. And definitely, you know, Title IV, you know, federal student financial aid uh, grants and everything are definitely in the horizon. And that would allow us to really significantly expand access to our program to a lot more students, especially those today that have been filtered out, uh, you know, due to credit and other reasons. Well, thank you so much, Chuck. Thanks so much for joining and answering all of our questions about the acquisition and congratulations. Thank you, Liz. TechCrunch reports that NYU professor Scott Galloway raised $30 million to launch Section 4. It's an online bootcamp that upskills business managers. So this bootcamp will be sort of an MBA alternative that will help business people get the digital skills that they need in the workforce today. The Hungarian coding bootcamp, CodeCool, raised 7 million euro this month from its new VC partner, Integral Venture Partners, and its earlier investors, Lead Venture and Portfolion Capital Partners. And 2U Inc. welcomed Lauren Thomas-Tavel to their leadership team as the new managing director of bootcamps. So welcome, Lauren. Jess, what did we hear through the grapevine about ISAs this month? Business Insider reports that Rhythm School landed $25 million in incentive-aligned tuition funding, so that way they can grow their income share agreement program. Rhythm School has had an ISA, but this partnership with LEAF will allow them to offer financing to even more students. 
So that's a trend that we've seen over the past couple of years, the ISA fundraise. Maybe you remember Thinkful raising $10 million with LEAF in 2018. So essentially LEAF, which is an ISA provider, provides the investment to support future students at the boot camp to use an ISA. So it's not exactly a fundraise, but rather a partnership between LEAF and Rhythm School uh, in that $25 million incentive aligned tuition funding. And Liz, is there any other regulatory news that we should be aware of? Yeah, the Biden administration is obviously busy with vaccine rollout, etc. But according to NPR, the U.S. Department of Education announced Thursday that it's scrapping a controversial rule that granted only partial student loan relief to borrowers who were defrauded by private for-profit colleges. That formula was championed by former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, but has been overturned by Miguel Cardona, who is the new Ed Secretary. March is Women's History Month, and we loved reading about how coding boot camps are helping women find their place in tech. In our recent Boot Camp Alumni Outcomes and Demographics report, we found that while women are still underrepresented in coding boot camps compared to census data, the percentage of women improves year over year, so that's 41% in 2020. And it continues to outpace the percentage of women in traditional computer science degree programs. And once women graduate, both males and females have similar pre- and post-bootcamp average salaries and also similar employment rates of 86% to 88%. Females, though, had a slightly greater salary lift, 59% salary lift versus 53% for males. Yes, so much good, interesting demographic data in that outcomes report. So we released that in early March. That was kind of the big course report news this month. So be sure to check it out if you're interested. And in Information Week this March, Jean-Pierre S. Ruth wrote about how scholarships can support diversity and inclusion in tech by broadening access. So Jean-Pierre actually puts the onus on organizations and companies to partner with education providers for example, uh, O'Reilly Media introduced a scholarship program to give 500 people from underrepresented groups one year of free access to online curriculum. And on the education side, they spoke with Flatiron School CEO Adam Enbar, who shared that in 2017, about 30% of their students were women. They launched the Women Take Tech program, expanded that partnership with uh, Birchbox, Carly Kloss, and Citigroup. And then three years later, women made up more than 50% of Flatiron School's students. So it basically achieved parity. I think it's just proof that it can be done. We can move that needle, but it takes a lot of real action. And here's another example of action. The tech company Wise has partnered with Product School to provide $90,000 of education scholarships to women and non-binary people. So these are full scholarships that will be used towards Product School's Product Manager Certificate Bootcamp. Amazing. Well, we know that COVID-19 impacted women disproportionately. For example, in September, 865,000 women left the workforce compared to 216,000 men nationally. I mean, they're calling it a she session, like this is a real thing. And uh, that was largely because when schools closed and childcare providers struggled to stay open, 
moms were the ones that exited the workforce. So in March, Becky Jacobs investigated this trend in the Salt Lake City Tribune and found an organization called Tech Moms that's trying to combat this problem by serving as a bridge into tech careers. So Tech Moms isn't exactly a coding bootcamp. They offer this nine-week part-time intro class with daycare, and they provide laptops if you need them and scholarships. But a bunch of these participants in Utah have gone on to full-time boot camps like the one at Western Governors University. So very cool program specifically for moms in Utah, but could be replicated in other places too. We were really excited to see that Hack Reactor, which is owned by Galvanize, is also jumping in to help boost representation of women in the tech industry. So Denver News 7 reports that a recent Hack Reactor alum, Kelly Revenaugh, has helped the coding bootcamp create a support group where women in the bootcamp can share their experiences, mistakes, and questions with other women that are currently at the school. And finally, according to Inside Indiana Business, Microsoft awarded a $300,000 grant to the Be Nimble Foundation in Indianapolis, which will be used to provide digital skills and workforce development for Black talent in the tech sector. The foundation partners with six training boot camps like 1150 Academy, who we love in Indianapolis, and the co-founder of the Nimble Foundation, Kelly Jones, did an interview for this article. So I want to just let her talk. We'll let we'll listen to her explain exactly how they're going to use the money. This award was really just an additional sort of lever to help us do a lot more than what we were doing before. We've been testing out these pilots and programs for the last three years. Uh, we know they work. We know we have the opportunity to really do a lot more. And so this grant from, from Microsoft is really going to help us do that. There's been significant gaps in tech, specifically with the Black community. Um, when we got here, there really wasn't much of anything. I mean, obviously, there were coding boot camps and programs and different things like that, but really not anything targeted specifically to Black talent specifically Black talent that was out of school already. We really focus on adults. And so we found a really unique opportunity to really focus in on that. We, like I said, tested a few things. We've worked with different partners. Um, we've been able to place talent. We currently have 100% placement rate. And so for us, it's it's really an opportunity to double down on what we already knew was was true, right? There's an issue. There's a problem. We know that. Everyone is open and willing and wanting to be more inclusive and to see more talent. I think because we were doing this work before, it made it easier for us to continue to kind of do it even more. Um, and so we're really excited to kind of take all the partnerships that we've developed over the last four or five years to the next level by being able to do specific cohorts specific to uh, Black talent. Workforce development and how to reskill employees was still top of mind this March, and we want to share a good handful of resources that we read over the past few weeks. In the UK, they're thinking about this too. So nearly two-thirds, 64% of companies surveyed by a recent CW Jobs Tackling Tech training report say they've increased their spend on technology hiring in 2020. And 58% of those companies say that the pandemic has actually put greater pressure on hiring tech talent. I mean, it's, it's not a huge surprise, but it's good to see the numbers. 
Liz, how is Politico thinking about this problem here in the U.S.? Well, Politico is thinking about it as a credentialing problem. So Bianca Quilantan wrote an incredibly comprehensive update in Politico on credentialing and retraining. I'll let y'all read the full piece if you'd like, because it's quite long. But essentially, the technological shift and transformation of our economy was obviously sped up by COVID-19. And as the economy recovers, higher education and tech companies are racing to roll out programs to ensure people who are out of jobs and, you know, students who are just about to enter the job market are actually prepared for those technical roles. So as Bianca kind of outlines, career and technical education are going to be critical to filling those jobs. And everyone wants a slice of that credential program pie. IBM and Google both have credentialing programs. They're ramping those up. And we've been talking about credentialing systems for years. Uh, It will definitely be crucial going forward. I really liked how a recent News Anyway post hammered out why employee training is just so crucial in the workplace now. Businesses should keep in mind that employee training builds a more agile workforce. It boosts employee engagement, and it also helps with employee retention. You realize there are so many programs out there now. It can be a little um, crazy to try and figure out which one is best for you. But here at Course Report, we have a whole corporate training section. So I would say go to that section, figure out what fits for your organization. There's both online and in-person training offered. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the CBC, wrote about how the pandemic has pushed Canadians in hard-hit professions like the service industry to retrain for new jobs. An estimated 25% of working people in Canada have actually started over in jobs that are completely unrelated to what they did before COVID-19. That is a super impressive stat. It comes from Morneau Chappelle. And one of those people who has done that complete uh, job restart is Megan Hine, who we actually spotlighted on Course Report and the CBC also featured in this article. So basically, mm-hmm. Megan was working as a server and a bartender. The restaurant she worked at closed and she was quite stressed about this. It wasn't like an easy career change for her, but she used the opportunity to reinvent herself. She used the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, which was a stipend that she collected from the government. She went to Lighthouse Labs in Canada. She did it remotely, obviously. And then three months later, she got a job at a tech startup. So really cool alumni, you know, success story there. But they also talked to the CEO of Lighthouse Labs, Jeremy Shockey, who says that they have actually seen enrollment almost triple since the beginning of the pandemic. Jeremy says, quote, we've seen a ton of students from the hospitality industry, a ton from the aviation industry, people coming from these industries that have kind of fallen apart. That's a trend we've heard about from a lot of boot camps, right? Yeah, definitely. And this month, we also heard New Camp announce a $50,000 scholarship fund for former employees of either Best Buy or Fry's to receive about 25% credit towards a front-end or full-stack boot camp tuition. If you've been following those, Best Buy and Fry's both announced some serious layoffs earlier in March. Of course, we know that not everyone needs a full career change. And in March, Galvanize announced their new professional development courses. So these courses include algorithms and data structure, microservices and orchestration, methodologies and requirements gathering, networking and reactive programming, 
and computer architecture and IoT. So we actually did a deep dive into the curricula of these professional development courses on Course Report if you want to learn more. Well, I feel like we've gotten to share a bunch of actual alumni success stories. Megan, who got a job after Lighthouse Labs, the ladies who are changing their lives with tech moms in Utah. And Jess, you mentioned Kelly Ravenaugh, who's designing that program for women to kind of reflect on their experience at boot camp. So um, Jess, tell us about Seth Boyle. This is another cool alumni success story. Yeah, so News 5 Cleveland highlighted Tech Elevator grad Seth Boyle. Seth was a musician and a barista pre-pandemic. Um, of course, when the pandemic struck in early 2020, um, his job was done and all of his music gigs were totally wiped out. He used that as an opportunity to reskill and he turned to Tech Elevator to pivot into software engineering. It's funny because his career change actually inspired his partner to then enroll in Tech Elevator once he graduated. Love it. And finally, I want to give a shout out to a team called Metis 2020, who are all Metis Data Science Bootcamp alumni. They formed a team and entered XPRIZE's Pandemic Response Challenge. This was a four-month-long challenge focused on the development of data-driven AI systems to predict COVID-19 infection rates and to prescribe intervention plans that regional governments and communities and organizations could implement to minimize harm as they reopened their economies. And they there, there were like a hundred teams in this. They received an honorable mention, which is awesome. Cool. I think they got like some actual cash prize from AWS. Very cool. They built this uh, website called Stop COVID Now. And they also said, quote, we believe that our work was meaningful for us to be able to use what we learned during the boot camp and apply it to a real world experience in global crisis was gratifying. Oh, so, I love that. Yes. Congrats to all of these very cool boot camp grads. We saw a few exciting new partnerships in the news this month. Code Fellows announced two new partnerships this month. They have partnered with Code Crew in Memphis, Tennessee to help Code Crew with their mission to diversify the tech pipeline. Code Fellows also partnered with Nashville's Pivot Tech whose vision is to inspire Black Americans to discover rewarding new careers in tech. Google announced that it's expanding its certificate programs through a partnership with Guild Education. These certificate programs include data analytics, UX design, and project management. Stack Education is partnering with various universities in March to offer a clinical trial management bootcamp. So this is not a coding bootcamp. It's actually not really a technical skills bootcamp, but we are always super interested to see how the bootcamp model is being expanded to new fields, especially into a field like healthcare. And uh, clinical trial management is definitely one we're keeping our eye on. And we wanted to give a quick shout out to Learning Fuse, who is now offering a data science bootcamp. Um, definitely check out their website for application details. They are now accepting applications. Yes, I think just Learning Fuse is one of the first schools that's now accepting applications for an in-person yes. cohort, right? Yes, for their, I believe it's starting in the spring, but they're accepting applications for it now for the in-person. Very cool. Very cool. 
Well, it was a busy month for our school listings. Our school directory is on overload and Jess actually added 21 new schools to course report this month. So bear with us as we welcome all of these new schools. (laughs) Um, So we added Kellogg Digital Marketing Bootcamp, Dartmouth Engineering Data Science Bootcamp, MIT X Pro Bootcamp, and NYU Tandon School of Engineering Bootcamps. And these are all university bootcamps powered by Emeritus. We also added University of Hartford boot camps, University of Vermont boot camps, and St. Joseph's University boot camps, which are university boot camps powered by Stack Education. We added Beetroot Academy, an online boot camp based in Sweden, offering programs in development, UX design, and product management. And we added the 12-week online web development boot camp, YouGrow, which offers a really cool apprenticeship program. Cloudinstitute.io, a bootcamp powered by Quick Start, is now in our directory. And we added IIM Skills, an online digital marketing bootcamp based in India and Saudi Arabia. The Tech Sales Bootcamp Head Start Academy is now in our listings, as well as the Boston based online cybersecurity bootcamp Cyber Warrior. And we've added Renus Tech, a full-stack automation tester bootcamp based in Virginia, and Awake Lab, which offers web development and UX design programs. The Online Software Quality Assurance Bootcamp QA in USA is now in our listings, as well as the Italian front-end programming bootcamp Devel Hope. We've also added Path Unbound, an online visual design bootcamp, and Master's Design Lab, which offers a digital design bootcamp. And according to KRQE, the Thoma Foundation partnered with the Central New Mexico Community College Ingenuity Program to fund a new UXUI deep dive coding bootcamp to help students in rural areas throughout New Mexico. And rounding up this month's listing, Top Interns, which offers a full-stack web developer bootcamp with an internship, is now in our directory. And we are also happy to welcome the Spain-based Assembler School of Software Engineering to our listing. So welcome to all of these wonderful new schools. Okay, so to wrap up this March podcast, Jess, why don't we tell everyone what our favorite pieces to work on for the Course Report blog were this month? And we published a ton on the blog, so this is a yeah. hard decision. <laughs> but Jess, what was your favorite yeah. piece to work on? I probably say this every podcast episode, but seriously, there were so many great blog posts published this month. Um, just really hard to choose. But I had the opportunity to work with Thinkful experts Jim Jones and Anne Ritter this March to create two totally dynamite pieces about product management and technical project management. So in these two different blog posts, Jim and Anne break down the differences between product management and technical project management, what the career paths look like for these two fields, and how Thinkful's online boot camps are helping people, both career changers and upskillers, get that dream job in project management or product management. So if you're curious about either of these tech-adjacent fields, definitely check out these pieces. We hope that they'll help you. And Liz, what was your favorite piece to work on this month? Well, Jess, I loved those guides to project management and product management. Actually, one of the people that um, I interviewed in one of my favorite pieces for this month ended up 
becoming a scrum master and did technical project management. So such a solid career path. Love to see it. My favorite piece had to be this video Q&A that I did with a few digital crafts alumni. It was so fun because this was with two couples who have all started their tech careers with digital crafts. So Lee and Danny graduated from digital crafts three years ago, and then they both recommended digital crafts to their significant others. So now Danny's wife, Kim, and Lee's husband, Tate, are graduating from digital crafts, and they all <laughs> shared really good advice about choosing a boot camp, excelling in a remote boot camp, getting a job, and like shining in the interview process, and so much more. As I just explained that, it might have sounded <laughs> a little bit confusing because um, there were four people on that call, but we have it all on video. So it's a super easy video to watch and you can get all of their good advice. And that does it for our March podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online bootcamp opportunities. And we'll see you next month on the April Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And of course, as always, we love feedback. So email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this podcast, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. We will see you in April. See you in April. Bye.